you best believe the Atlanta Falcons are the kings of the NFC South. I'm Aaron Freeman, your host here on Locked on Falcons. Today, I am joined by Mike Rothstein, who covers the Falcons for ESPN. And we're going to tell you why this Falcon team is believing in itself and its quarterback now that they're in first place in the division. You are Locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Sirius Black, a.k.a. Mr. Drew, a.k.a. your very humble host here of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast family, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Falcons is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com promo code locked on. So guys, we thank you for making Locked on Falcons your first listen. Of course, it's free and available Monday through Friday on a variety of podcast platforms, including on YouTube. Make sure you give us a like, hit that bell. And when you do, you'll get the video version of the podcast the night before the audio drops. So with all that to say, guys, let's jump into my conversation with Mike Rothstein, which I had on Monday morning before I had gotten some caffeine in my system. Now I'm, I'm fully caffeinated now that I'm coming at you a little bit later in the day. But let's jump into that conversation right now with Mike Rothstein. All right, everyone, you are locked on Falcons, and I am joined by another illustrious guest, guest. Uh, other than you sound Mike like Rothstein. me, Aaron. I, I'm on like three hours sleep, my man. <laughs> uh, illustrious guest in Mike Rothstein. You cover. You see him cover the Falcons. Yeah, it's early. It's early. I've had already a couple coffee. I need clearly get a second one in before recording this episode. But uh, Mike covers the Falcons for ESPN. He's got his own podcast. He's he's trying to do the daily thing, but he hasn't quite uh, caught up with me on, on from the perch. Uh, on that front i have no interest in, i only do the daily thing during training camp aaron i and the draft i have no interest in doing a daily podcast otherwise with my other responsibilities it's just not realistic well mike i i, I want to talk a, about what was a crazy game on sunday for the falcons winning against the carolina panthers in overtime it seemed like both teams did their best to try to lose this game multiple times <laughs> at, at the end um, and try to win it and, and failed. But I guess the question I have to ask you, is it better to be lucky than good? Is 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 that a le- – what are we at with that? I mean, that's how I've lived my life, right? Like, <laughs> that's how I've gotten ESPN. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. No, I, yeah, I, I do think sometimes it is better to be lucky than good. But let, let's take the example of, uh, what, Mega Millions and Powerball right now. Like, the, was it $1 billion again, one of them? Like. Yeah. It's not like you're good to do that, but if you win, you're dang lucky. Yeah, like yeah. sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And I think that you saw a lot of that on Sunday with the Falcons where, yeah, they got lucky that Eddie Pinheiro, who's usually a pretty reliable kicker, got a case of the yips like out of nowhere. 
Like literally out of nowhere, this happens. And, you know, I was the one who asked Arthur Smith about, well, like you, freezing the kicker never works anymore. Like that just doesn't happen. That's like some college stuff. And he's like, it's the only thing I have left. And then I asked him, well, did you think it would work? And he just kind of like smiled. He was like, of course I thought, there's no way. You don't, on 32-yard field goal? Like, no, I mean, that's that should be made. Like the Falcons got very lucky. But the other part of that is, frankly, the Panthers got really lucky too. I mean, that throw from PJ Walker was the longest throw by air yards since next gen stats started tracking air yards. Like, think about that for a second. That's since 2016. It was the longest throw. I, I talked to Dino and to Rashawn Evans who were both in coverage on that play after the game. And they both of them told me it's in my story. That's on ESPN.com. They didn't see the ball. Rashawn Evans didn't know that it was caught until he saw the Panthers celebrating. He's like, are you kidding me? Dean Marlowe basically said, listen, my job was don't, you know, guard the sideline more than anything. Guard the sideline, make the tackle if they throw to him. Because if that happens, game's over. Because they needed a touchdown, so field goal doesn't matter. And they're going to have to run so far down the field. Maybe they'll have one second to clock it. Maybe. If you get lucky. Because he caught it with 12 seconds left. And, you know, you have your whole team, including the linemen, sprinting 50 yards downfield and getting a play call. Like, there would have been a lot there that would have had to go exactly right for that to occur. So all of a sudden he saw DJ Moore go and they, they just get DJ Moore's a good player too, you know, but no one thinks PJ Walker is going to make that throw. We've never seen PJ Walker make that throw. I think it's a great throw. That, but yeah, I mean like Falcons shouldn't have been in that position in the first place because of a great play. Like it, it was just why it was madness, Aaron. It was madness. We're saying, let's see, you know, dogs and cats living together. You know, Ghostbusters live. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I guess a more serious question. What was your biggest takeaway from this game? What What is the thing that we learned about the Falcons in this game? They're just a little bit more resilient or a lot more resilient than we thought they were? Or was there anything else? Um, I mean, the resilience thing, resiliency thing, Aaron, I don't think is new, but a lot of players talked about it after the game. Like, and I think you saw that on another level. Truthfully, what I took from it is they might be the best overall team in the division. And, and I don't mean the most talented roster because they are certainly not that. Like, not even close. I, I don't mean, you know, I, I don't mean the best offense. I don't mean the best defense because they're neither one of those things. They might be the best special teams. But... I think overall they seem to complement each other well, and they seem to be buying into what Arthur Smith is selling, and they seem to be believing in one another, and they seem to genuinely like each other, which go. I've been around locker rooms where you don't or you hate the coaches, and all of that goes a long way in the fourth quarter and in overtime because most of the teams in the NFL are fairly close talent-wise, right? There's maybe one or two teams that you're like – that's rough. And what are the teams that have, you know, Bills level talent, basically, um, or Cowboys level talent potentially because of what we're seeing on their defense. Most of the teams are pretty much in the middle. Now, the Falcons, I think a lot of people thought would be on the, the back end of that, right? Like, I know you and I did a pod. You look at this roster, like, they got almost $80 million in dead cap. They've got $9 million in cap space. Well, okay, how are they paying these players, like, to do this? So, Aaron, I, I don't know. I, I think we learned that they just 
they like each other and they play well together. And it's much like we've seen in almost every game except the Cincinnati game this year. They're not like they're kind of in this cardiac deal. And I covered a team in 2016 like this, uh, the Lions. And they were not, they were a flawed team by far, a flawed team. But before Matthew Stafford gets hurt, they're nine, were they nine and four and leading the NFC North? And then Matthew Stafford's hand gets hurt and they lose their last, their last four games, basically limp in the playoffs and then lose a wild card. But they were more a sum of their, they were a better sum than the totality of their parts, if that makes sense. And I'm starting to get the feeling that the, this Falcons team might be the same way. There are clearly flaws, but they seem to work well together. And they're, they're just very well coached. Okay. Well, you talk about belief. Uh, and uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about whether we should start believing in, in Marcus Mariota and look at the strides uh, that he in, in this passing game potentially made on Sunday. We'll get into that here with Mike Rothstein of ESPN. And before we get there, guys, I want to tell you about prize picks, a fun new way to play daily fantasy. Just pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry it can take less than 60 minutes, 60 seconds. I'm sorry. <laughs> to enter. And the great thing about prize picks is you're not uh, going against other people. It's you versus the projections. They offer projections on NFL, NBA, NHL, college football, so much more. Prize picks is safe. It's fast. It's easy. It's currently in operation in over 30 states in the U S and Canada. All you got to do guys is just download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on that means if you deposit 100 prize picks will give you 100 to play with don't forget that promo code locked on to sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 so here with mike rothstein of espn and let's talk a little bit more about uh the belief that the falcons have that they're a resilient team and increasing belief in, in Marcus Mariota. He actually, you know, threw the ball more than uh, 25 times in a game. Well, you know, it's a, it's a, a Halloween miracle uh, at this point in time. But Mariota did make strides in this game. I, I do feel like he did make some uh, key throws down the stretch in this game to help this team put points on the board, it included uh, a couple of nice runs where he was able to use his legs to extend plays. And that's been the area where I have consistently – tried to praise Mariota because I thought that was kind of the strength of his game, using his legs to extend plays, whether that's, you know, running 30 yards down the field or buying time to hit those open receivers uh, that come open late on the play. I'm curious from your perspective, what were some of the strides that you saw Marcus Mariota make on Sunday? Well, I don't know if it was a Halloween miracle, Aaron, as much as maybe it was a birthday gift to Marcus Mariota because he turned 29 yesterday. So maybe Arthur Smith gifted him with, Hey, I'm going to let you throw. Uh, maybe that was that, – that's the game plan. So maybe Marcus Mariota needs to have birthdays every Sunday. I, I don't know. Maybe that's the, key. that's the That's the key here. But my thing with him is this. He's, he is what you've in many ways expected him to be. The accuracy is great at certain points, and it's awful at certain points. And you had a microcosm of that within this game yesterday because he started off terribly. Couldn't hit – couldn't hit anything. And then he completed, what, 11, 12 passes in a row and, and really kind of helped take control of the game. 
Like he, he's a little streaky in that aspect. But I think what we've learned about him is he the way he plays the game helps Arthur Smith's offense because instead of a guy who's a pocket guy or a guy who will run, but like kind of run in case of emergency type of situation, guys like a Matthew Stafford, guys like um, even an Aaron Rodgers to an extent where it's like, you know, they can run, but you would prefer it that they do not because their arm strength is where it is. I think with Marcus Mariota, it's no, the running portion of that makes him harder to defend. And makes the Falcons harder to defend because they can run the zone read effectively. Uh, he's one of the better zone read quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, there's not a ton of them, right? But he's one of the better ones. And he also is really smart about when he's taking off. I think he's gotten a lot better with that. We're seeing more sliding from Marcus Mariota than we did in week one when he was playing very recklessly. So I think we're starting to see that from him. I think he's starting to get more comfortable in Okay, I'm a starting quarterback again. Okay, I don't necessarily have to worry about looking over my shoulder that I'm going to lose my job to a third-round draft pick because they're winning games. The fumbles have gone away on the whole. You know, the Falcons had one yesterday, but it was Caleb Huntley, not Marcus Mariota. And, yes, he threw two interceptions, but think about both of those interceptions because I know people are going to want to, you know, bang on him for that. They were on two deep passes. So they weren't like short pass where the read was bad. It was the one in overtime. He he probably overthrew it a little bit, but I mean, DeMar Bird just took, I think a bad jumping, you know, a bad dude, five foot seven. <laughs> like yeah. that can only jump so high. Like he took a bad, maybe a bad, you know, couple of steps to leading to that jump. And then the first ball was another deep one to Bird where again, you, you took a shot, you took a deep shot early in the game and it wasn't going to hurt you. But the fact that we're starting to see that more, I think, is another sign of growth of this offense and growth of Mariota. And I'm really curious to see what this looks like once Cordero Patterson comes back, because I think it's going to open up even more things for Mariota in this offense. But listen, it's halfway through the season. Every week on my podcast, like you mentioned from The Perch, including the one that dropped today, I get questions. Well, is it Ritter time? When is Desmond Ritter going to start? Even yesterday at the game, I don't know if this got caught on TV, Aaron, like they showed somebody in the stands and they were like all excited. And then they were holding a Desmond Ritter fathead head. I'm just, like, I get it. Desmond Ritter is an exciting new, new thing, but like Marcus Mariota is actually not playing poorly for you considering what he's being asked to do. And I think that that is the disconnect for fans between what Marcus Mariota is being asked to do and what they are hoping he could do. And he's doing what he's asked. It just might not be what fans want to see. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> I think that's putting it lightly, Mike. Uh, fans want to see, yeah, fans want to see high flying, you know, offense, passing attack. But you did you want to win, Aaron? Like, isn't that what you really, at the end of the day, should want? Yeah, I yeah, I think so. But uh, we'll, we'll see if uh, you know this team can give. The people what they want. I don't know. <laughs> you can't always get what you want. We're just in a musical yeah. bent today. Uh, <laughs> but you should you should want wins. This team is still listen. All its warts, all its flaws. They're in first place at four and four. Absolutely. In You're in a very right. flawed division, right? Tampa's probably the best overall like roster in this division. Yeah. But there are clearly things going on there on multiple levels. New Orleans probably the second most talented roster in this division. 
but they have quarterback issues. Like you, you have quarterback issues. You're, you're complaining about your quarterback in Atlanta. Would you rather have the James Dalton? James, there you go. The James Dalton experience. Like I couldn't. I, I combined them in a one. Like, do you really want that? Based off of what we've seen so far this year, I I don't know. And Andy Dalton doesn't really fit what Arthur Smith would want as a quarterback anyway. Yeah. Jameis might, but even that might be a little bit tricky. And then Carolina, well, I mean, PJ Walker is fine, but we'll see how long that lasts. Like, and, and that team's, um, you know, that that team's in transition. So to me, I look at it, I'm like, well, I think the Falcons are actually in a fairly stable spot, which is also not a bad place to be. Yeah, I think so. Um, let's talk a little bit more about other areas of growth that we saw from this Falcons team on Sunday. We'll get into that here to wrap up today's Locked on Falcons. And before we get there, guys, I got to tell you about BetOnline, the number one source for your football betting needs and info this season from the latest player developments, matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis of every game from the pro to the college level. BetOnline has you covered. And this weekend, they got you covered with the Falcons Chargers line. The Falcons are three-point underdogs at home against the Chargers. I have the suspicion that this will be the last game that we see the Falcons as the underdogs uh, for a good little while uh, as this rest of the season unfolds. And if you want to take advantage of that, head on over to BetOnline, your continued source uh, for all your sports wagering information with live in-game betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there, not just NFL, but you got NBA, college football, MMA, boxing, golf, World Cup, Head to the website today at betonline.net. Use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So wrapping up today's Locked on Falcons here with Mike Rothstein. And I want to let you guys know that you should check out Locked on Sports Atlanta app now on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Download Locked on Sports Atlanta app uh, to get that 24-7 great local coverage on Amazon Fire TV and Roku. So uh, with Mike Rothstein, last question I have for you, Mike. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about the progress Marcus Mariota showed on Sunday. Is there other progress that you saw from this football team? Is there strides that maybe the defense made or other areas that you're you're seeing progress made for this football team? Um, I, I sigh because yeah, defensively it's tough to say right now because of just how – banged up they are in the secondary i think that you can feel a little bit better about the depth in your secondary now because i thought cornell armstrong had a very good game three pass breaks up breakups a couple in the end zone like that'll that'll do it for you right especially because in the end zone that's more on you it's not necessarily a coverage breaking down and you know if the pass rush isn't getting home i don't care what what the name is on the back of your jersey, whether it's Jalen Ramsey or, you know, the fourth string guy. If you're being asked to cover for more than four seconds, you're probably in trouble as a defense. So I thought there were some strides there by Cornell Armstrong. Uh, so the depth in the secondary. The running game, it looks like no matter who you put back there, it's going to be successful. I mean, Caleb Huntley is really starting to emerge, and I think it's a really interesting problem that the Falcons are going to have when Cordero Patterson comes back because it seems like he's super close. You know, well, he's eligible to come off injured reserve this week. We'll see if he starts to practice this week. But what do you do if you're the Falcons at that point? 
because you only have so many carries to go around. I think what we're going to see is we're going to see more of Cordero Patterson lined up a little bit of everywhere like we did last year because you have a little bit more you know, sustenance in your running game. But if you're Arthur Smith, who are you picking as your runner, you're, as, your, as your kind of number two to Patterson? Are you picking Huntley or are you picking Algier? That's a tough question, I think, right now because of the way both of them are running. And I don't know the answer to that question. And you got to figure Avery Williams gets worked in there as well because all that guy does is, you know, show up here and there and make plays. So I think that we've shown we've seen progress in their run game and the fact that they have a good run plan. And I, it would be remiss to not mention Kyle Pitts because, hey, look, look what happens. They throw the ball and Kyle Pitts gets nine targets. And he has a touchdown and 80 yards. And I'm sure for some people that's still not enough. Like, I'm sure it's not. And yes, they didn't really get the ball to Drake London until late. And understand, you know, we know they threw the ball more. And this is not an offense to me that is going to sustain like multiple high level weapons on a week to week basis. But you saw that they can get him involved in the offense. So I think that's, again, signs of progress. I have concerns about their offensive line pass protecting. I have concerns about their defense getting home on pass rush. Although I think Rashawn Evans did a really good job there on a critical third down. And most importantly, and I wrote about it after the game as well, their third down defense is bad because it's not only they're not getting off the field, but that against the Panthers when they gave up explosive play after explosive play, Aaron. And that I think if we're talking about the difference between this team, maybe making being able to make a run against a schedule that's fairly favorable for them with only two teams right now over 500 left on their schedule as of today. It is very simply there. It is, they have to get off the field. If they can't fix their third down defense and they can't fix giving up explosives on third down, well, that's cool. But you're also going to be watching the playoffs in a very winnable division. Yeah. Yeah. I think they went into the week and I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing they came out of the week also in last place and third down efficiency on defense. So I, I would uh, imagine that, that they did as they gave up almost 50% of the third downs again, but it wasn't even like they gave it up, Aaron, right? Because Dean P has been talking a lot about, oh, well, you know, we got to be better on first and second down to make sure it's not third and short because that's where you're getting hurt. That wasn't the case yesterday. Yesterday it was, oh, look, it's third and eight. Cool. DJ Moore is going to get like a 20 yard gain. I mean, it was happening in critical moments too. Now, theoretically, that should get shore up, shorn up a little bit whenever Jalen Hawkins and AJ Terrell get back. But still, that's pretty bad. Yeah, definitely. Mike, I really appreciate you providing your insight on today's episode, given that both of us are a little deficient on our ca- caffeine intake. Uh, so I, I really appreciate you. <laughs> Uh, being able to hold your uh, own on this one, but let the people know where they can find your stuff and what you got coming up for them. Yeah, sure. Uh, I am at on Twitter below. You can see my little Twitter handle. That's also my Instagram handle. Um, not a member of Twitter blue just yet. Um, <laughs> we'll see what happens there, but uh, you can follow me on TikTok at Mike Rothstein sports. Of course, listen to my podcast, from the perch, we draw episodes on Monday and on Thursday, and we are not going to infringe on the daily podcasting days that are Aaron Freeman and Locked On Falcons, at least not till next training camp. And then, uh, obviously, read all of my stuff at ESPN.com and occasionally hear me on ESPN Radio here and there, which is where I was from nine to one 
last night talking actually a decent amount about the Falcons Panthers craziness. By the way, Aaron, that was I think the third craziest game of football game I've covered in my career. That wasn't even one. That was like three. All right. Well, we'll have to have you back on in the future to talk about the top two. <laughs> no problem. Not haven't been a Falcons game yet, but you know, it, the way things are going and the way my career is, man, it, it could be pretty close. All right, man. Really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. Anytime. All right, guys, that wraps up today's episode. Thanks, Mike Rothstein. Once again, for joining me tomorrow's episode, will be an all 22 review and Q and a, uh, that's an opportunity for you guys to kind of steer the conversation here on the podcast from the film breakdowns and other general topics that you want me to get into one. I know that I will get into on tomorrow's episode because this question has already been submitted, you know, first come first serve uh, type of situation, the higher your chances of getting your questions answered on the podcast. But this one was on the idea of what's the biggest surprise what's maybe the biggest disappointment that I've had so far this year. And spoiler alert, I'll probably uh, use the run blocking as my biggest surprise of the year. And when that will give us an opportunity to talk about this offensive line and my disappointment, maybe the coverage, and we'll talk about why that is. And I don't know if it's going to be the cornerback, but we'll get into that on tomorrow's episode. Of course, make sure you provide your feedback or submit your questions uh, to locked on Falcons on Twitter and Facebook, locked on Falcons at mail.com. That's the email address. If you want to leave a comment here on the locked on Falcons, YouTube channel. And of course you can jump in the discord locked on Falcons is the place there. There's a link in the description below the previous question about biggest surprise and biggest disappointment came from a discord user that I'm blanking on the name as we speak right now, but that will do it for us guys here on today's Locked on Falcons. Again, thank you, Mike Rothstein. And we thank you guys for making Locked on Falcons your first listen. Check out Locked on Sports Atlanta, Locked on Hawks, Locked on Bulldogs, Locked on Braves. Um, yes. <laughs> Is there one more team? <laughs> Just, you know, we don't have Locked on United quite yet, I don't think. But uh, I had to double check. But in addition to all those first listens and second listens, why not also make Locked on Sports uh, today your second listen from the games that matter to the biggest stories in all of sports go beyond the scoreboard behind the scenes with the local experts that only locked on can provide locked on sports today available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast guys really appreciate it till then at Arizona state university we've made online education better smarter and more personalized so you can go further in your aspiring field I decided to pursue medicine once I realized that ASU did have the online program for biological sciences. You're still required to learn the same curriculum. You're still being tested on the same content that anyone would be tested on in person. The comprehensiveness of the program prepared me so well for medical school. Explore over 300 programs at asuonline.asu.edu.